This is First Nature, episode number eight, with your host, Sean Berry, on the Rising Man podcast. Good day to you, Rising Man family. Thanks again for tuning in to this next installation of First Nature here on the Rising Man podcast. Today, bringing you a little different of an episode. This is a... um, this one was recorded in the field, so to speak. Just past the new year, I took myself out to Death Valley for a little solo time, little renewal time, little time to just be with me and Mother Earth, and uh, went out on a, a day hike one day out in the middle of the barren, dry desert, cooler, it's winter, and had a really uh, unique experience. So I pulled out my phone and decided to document that, and that is our episode today. And um, I don't even really know how to title it. It has something to do with life, death, interspecies communication, and what does it all mean? The grand question that we're walking around with most of the time. So tune in and listen up. I hope you get something out of it. I hope it speaks to you. I hope it brings you a new perspective. And yeah, we're going to jump right in. It is me, Sean Barry, your host for First Nature, and today I am out uh, on the outskirts of the desert of Death Valley. Been out here for about four days. Part of my personal renewal for the year, and I love coming to the desert because of all the places in nature for me. The deserts has uh, just that base structural element that the rest of nature sits upon. And uh, it's stripped down. You know, none of the the mountains out here have foliage. Um, Most of the ground, there's no foliage. It's very exposed, lots of rock, lots of dust, lots of dirt. And uh, for personal introspection, I like that because it reminds me to get down to my own brass tacks of who I am. Scrape off all the slough from the ear, all the idealism, all the hoping and wishing and pretending and um, and busyness about making life uh, other than what it already is, occurring as. Which is all well and good, it's what we do as humans. We try to make something out of our lives with what we find ourselves in. And, uh, but I know for me, sometimes I can get pretty sucked into that. I can forget. So the more basic concepts, right, you know, uh, ways of thinking about who we are as humans and, uh, why we're on this planet. And as much as I can, when I come out here, it's getting off of media for the most part. It's being quiet. Usually almost always I'm out here by myself. Just, you know, sequestering myself, taking that quiet time, that solitude, and giving myself an opportunity to reflect, listen, uh, pay attention to whatever mm, little passions have gone unmet or little uh, inspirations that have just haven't, haven't been listened to for the past year. 
So that's what I'm doing out here. And, uh, well, I'm going to tell you a little story about what just happened. So, which is why I'm making this recording right now. So, like I said, I've been out here for four days. I've been staying at a hot springs, um, very rustic, which is great. And today is the last day. And I've been doing some hikes, been doing some writing, a little bit of reading, but mostly uh, I've been kind of jonesing getting out on the land more because it's just so stunning out here, as you can see, if you're watching the video. And uh, I just really, really love this open space, the quietness. And I like holding the idea that when I'm out in a natural place like this, that the landscape around me is actually my internal landscape. All right, so looking at this desert landscape as my insides opened up and laid out all around me in all directions. My feelings, my passions, my thoughts, my beliefs, my philosophies, my self-observations, all of it. And putting that into a visual context where I can look at it and just appreciate how stunning, how beautiful it is. How incredible it is just to be with it. And when I'm out here in the desert, there's not much you can do out here except for stay hydrated and take in the beauty. And in the same way, looking at this landscape as my interior self, as myself uh, opened up and laid out. Um, that's all there is to do. Stay hydrated and observe how beautiful it is, how beautiful I am, how beautiful you are, how beautiful it is to be human. And what an incredible opportunity to be alive on the planet, this planet at this time. So every little plant, every little creature I see, like this little creosote plant here, and even these little kind of rocky, scrabbly mud balls I'm sitting on, it's literally like that is part of me. Thinking of my feet on the ground or just putting my hand on the ground and if I actually dig my fingers into the dirt a little bit, then I'm literally connected to this landscape. I'm literally connected to everything that's growing or dying or just existing in mineral state around me. And so there's that resonance, that connection, that feeling of I am a part of it. I am a part, a part, not a part <laughs> as one word apart. Although we can feel that way sometimes, we can feel a part. And I really think for me anyways, when I start feeling a part, not a part. It's because I've gotten lost in all the interpretations, all the iterations that we take and make from nature around us. The, uh, the computers, the cars, the planes, the homes, the cafes, the restaurants, the highways, the tax forms, the books, the educational institutions, the governments, the politics, the farming, the hunting, the fishing, the boating. I mean, you name it. We've taken nature. We've taken the dirt and the animals that this planet has grown, and we've turned them into a great many things that keep us preoccupied, that bring us a sense of safety or security or a sense of joy or a sense of purpose. 
or sense of intention. Um, but it's good to just come back out here and, and just get back in contact with me, my basic self, this basic landscape around me and the expansiveness, the openness, the quiet, the stillness, and to know that that's, that's where we start. That is the baseline. That is where we all start. Just letting that silence come through. So as I'm walking around out here in this amazing place, walking through my own inner space, as I like to look at it, observing my hills and my bushes and my mountain peaks and my valleys and my expansive horizons. I was, uh, so I just was driving down this dirt road. I'm about, I don't know, four or five miles off a side highway. And uh, I was just driving, driving. I was, it was kind of a very gentle, gentle grade through this valley, um, which you can kind of see a little bit maybe around here. And there's a, a wash, a pretty large wash that I'm sitting in right now that I wanted to go explore. So I parked the car, jumped out, I crested over the little embankments and walked maybe 50 yards. And there was this wash about, I don't know, five feet wide, about four feet deep. And I just was walking on the little hill above it and I looked down into it and right there in the middle, completely exposed and open was a rabbit laying on its side and it stopped me in my tracks because it, its eye was open and even from 20 feet away I could see that it was glassy and the fur and everything on it was perfect and it looked like it was just a rabbit taking a little little downtime but of course, rabbits don't really do that that way. So I carefully, quietly walked, scrambled down the side of the wash and walked up to it. I wasn't moving or trying to get away or anything like that. But when I got just within a few inches away from it, I could see its body convulsing as if it was, as if it was taking a very heavy labored breath. It was two convulsions and then be very still. And I realized that something inside me told me this rabbit was dying. This rabbit was dying. There was no blood. There was no sign of any kind of struggle, no scratches in the dirt around it. Um, no blood. So I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. And I was immediately filled with compassion and the desire to just be present to this beautiful little rabbit out here in the middle of this huge, giant, spacious area. It's by itself, laying on its side, looking up at the sun, taking its last breaths. So I sat down right next to it and uh, it convulsed a couple more times. And, uh, I gently uh, began to stroke its forehead, very gently. And it didn't make any move, it didn't blink. It didn't move in a way that was, you know, looking like it was gonna try to get away even if it couldn't. It just uh, laid there and I stroked its forehead. 
then I began to wonder, how long will I be here? I came to be with this creature, and I have no idea what a rabbit going through its death thinks about or realizes or is able to to uh, make sense of in its little rabbit minds. But here was this giant creature who came and sat next to it. Maybe it's never even seen a human out here before. It's quite likely that it's never seen a human. Yet here was I, this thing that came down and sat down and gently began to stroke its forehead between the ears and very softly. And, and so there I was. After a while, I started to think of the different uh, ways to honor and acknowledge this rabbit. And uh, started to wonder if it was afraid. I mean, do rabbits get afraid when they die? And what was the story here? What happens to this rabbit? But the thing that felt most important to do in that moment was to sing to it. Just to... Um, sing a song, uh, just letting it not know it doesn't need to be afraid that I'm here, I'm not gonna leave, uh, that I'm, I'm wanting to give it comfort and to know that its rabbit ancestors were waiting for it on the other side and, and how much there was to look forward, forward to and making that transition across the threshold and you know, basically talking to it like I would talk to a human and I don't know if that was appropriate or not, but it felt like the right thing to do. It felt good. It felt like I was doing my best as a human species to give comforts and care and acknowledgement and honoring to someone in the rabbit nation. So I sang, and I just made up some lyrics about it being okay, that passing is a beautiful thing, that its ancestors were waiting for it on the other side. <clears throat> and that I was here to just witness, witness this moment. At this point, maybe, uh, I don't know, close to 10 minutes had gone by. And, um, and then the, the double convulsions turned into a single convulsion. So now it was just, I think there were like a breath. It was taking like these deep gulps of breath, I'm guessing. But instead of it being two rapid ones now, it was just a single one and they were definitely more shallow, a little longer apart. And I realized that the moment was near where this little animal was going to pass. And again, I just sat there and I, I tried to understand the moments of how is it that I came out here into the literally the middle of nowhere. I mean, there's nothing around me for 30 miles at least nothing. It's just pure, pure open space. And of all the places that I could have parked in that road, and of all the directions that I could have walked away from the car, how was it that I walked almost right up to this rabbit who was taking its last breaths? Had I been a half hour early or a half hour later, um, I would have missed this moment. So it was a great opportunity for me to, to uh, step into my own spiritual awareness, especially step into my own understanding of like, what does it mean? What does it mean that this is happening out here right now with this rabbit? 
and what's what's the gift for me what will this how will this impact me how will i let it impact me because that's a big choice right there you know on any given day um I mean, there's definitely been times I've walked past suffering things um, or I've killed, you know, insects, lizards. I've I actually, to be totally honest, I've, I've hit two raptors. Oh, this, okay, this is going to get interesting. So um, uh, over Thanksgiving weekend, I rolled my truck and uh, I haven't had a vehicle. Fortunately, uh, a friend in my community had an extra vehicle that he didn't need. Um, he was getting ready to sell it, but he was like, hey, I'm going to be out of town for a while anyways. Just take it, drive it till you find something new. It's like, wow, man, thank you so much. That's Jesse. Big props to Jesse. Singing Red Bear. Thank you. And uh, here's the, here's the um, I don't know if it's irony or what, but that car that he loaned me that I'm driving, that I drove out here right now, is a Volkswagen Rabbit. So that's very interesting. Um, a few weekends ago, I was driving the rabbit and uh, was going down some back road and Sharpshin Hawk flushed out of the bank of the road next to me and just flew right in, right in front of the car. There's nothing I could do. Smacked right into it, killed it. So I turned around, went back, picked it up, said a prayer, apologized. I felt terrible. I felt just terrible and um I, and right now it's waiting to be uh processed i'm you know wanting to honor that bird by saving its beautiful parts preserving them and um making that beauty accessible for other people so others can see um just how amazing our wildlife is close up and then i came out here to the deserts this is just a few weekends later now and I'm driving back from taking an excursion for the day. It's getting dark. It was just, you know, pretty, pretty much after sunset, there's a little bit of twilight left, had the headlights on. And a common poor will, which are, um, for some reason, they like to sit in the middle of open space. So um, at least around here in Southern California, you'll, you know, fire roads, if you're hiking fire roads, it's not uncommon to kind of spook one in the dusk when you're walking up on them. And uh, and sure enough, on the road, I didn't see it until it was too late. It just flew up off the road and right into the car. And then I, I hit that common poor well, killed it with the rabbit. And uh, again, I just felt awful. Such a beautiful, amazing bird. If you've never seen one up close, they are um, a very exotic looking bird. Incredible markings. And uh, they're also a raptor. They eat insects, but a different kind of raptor in that sense. And then coming out here and finding this rabbit. So processing this as, as I go, I'm thinking about having been directly involved in the deaths of three animals very recently. And particularly with this rabbit being with it until it passed and 
I don't know what I'm going to take away from it, but all this to say that there's a choice. We all have a choice, right? That's, that's part of our humanity is we're conscious and aware that we can make choices. And, uh, I think Nelson Mandela said something once, the, the equivalent of even when he was sitting in jail for all those years, every day he had a choice. He still had freedom to choose how he was going to accept and embrace and make meaning of his time there. So in that respect, I had a choice to spend time with that rabbit. I had a choice to go back and get those birds. And, um, and I'm glad I've made those choices because I trust that they are bringing some kind of message to me, some kind of deeper meaningfulness about my connection with nature and my connection with this planet that um, needs to come through right now. And that I'm willing to hold the space and go through the, the, the discomforts, some of the guilt of killing two of those birds, um, the discomfort of being with a rabbit and not knowing what to do while it dies, um, not knowing any traditions, and, uh, and let that affect me, to let that in, to let those events be as important, if not more important than the same choices I face when I think about my career, my relationships, um, you know, what, what things I'm gonna buy for the store to make my life a little more comfortable. You know, those decisions feel, you know, buying a new car, a new, another vehicle, I mean, that's a very important decision um, and I had to be very choiceful about it. But that's a choice. It's a, it's, I'm choosing that. And in the same way, I'm, I'm bringing that sense of choice to these animals. Um, again, all that I'm operating in, in the, the upper, what I call the upper world, you know, our modern life is built on top of this lower world. This place I'm sitting in right now where there's just nature, there's no human interference out here and being willing to put myself out here and open myself up and do my best to be an open channel to be a conduit to listen to pay attention to know that my my intellect and my words and my thoughts really are uh, just white noise at a certain point white noise compared to the transmission that is coming directly from this space, this land, these mountains, and affecting my body. The way the sun is radiating me right now and the way that this gravel feels under my ass and the way that the visuals of what I'm seeing make me feel. And that sound of wind in my ears. And to know that as far as I can see, which is far, I mean, you know, I guess that we're talking like pretty open wide area. I'm the only human out here. And anything that happens out here is, is just for me. Now, again, I can choose to believe that or I can choose to not believe that. But what drives my decision-making process and that awareness is that if I choose to believe that it's for me, that puts me in direct connection with nature. That 
tells me, that gives me the signal, that gives me a message that I, I, I count, I matter. And I don't mean in some social media influencer, rich person way. I mean that, I, you know, I came from this earth. This earth made me. It took the trouble that it took over the billions of years to develop humans, you know, and then I came along and I was born and I've been eating the food that this earth has provided and I'm walking around on it. And that tells me I have purpose. I have meaning. I have favor. And I don't have to know why. I think that's a big part of it. It's just to accept it, acknowledge it, embrace it, let it in. To know that it only has to count for me. No one else has to get it. No one else has to feel that for me. I just have to feel it for myself. And when I come out to nature to feel, to just let that gratitude flow, to let that connection flow, to let that, it's, it's like coming out to visit my grandparents, right? I like to say the rocks are our oldest ancestors because it all starts with them. All the weathering and rain and eons and eons and eons of minerals washing off the mountaintops and washing off the boulders and turning into sand and and all the way that life developed on this planet up to us, the humans, and still inside our bodies, there's all kinds of minerals that are in rocks. So coming out here and and letting myself be seen, letting these mountains uh, look at me. I feel, I feel them looking at me. I feel this creosote bush next to me, looking at me. I can hear some little birds off in the distance. I know they've seen me. There's a few lizards that scurried away as I've been walking. They saw me. I know that rabbit saw me. I know that rabbit saw me. And maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the purpose I came out here for, was to guide that rabbit to the other side. All this orchestration, the timing, the place, the, 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 the wash, whatever happened to that rabbit that put it in that position to die at the same time that I was walking up, having driven out here randomly, it was a random location. I was just driving, just following roads so I, I want to say thank you to this desert thank you to this place thank you to these mountains that was something remarkable that happened with that rabbit for me remarkable for me I hope it was remarkable for the rabbit I hope it was remarkable for this landscape and all the creatures that saw that happen just to witness to just to witness two of these other creatures that this that this this planet has produced come to meet in such a powerful way, and to know that all of nature was 
witnessing that interaction between the two of us. This is, this is where I want to be. This kind of awareness, right? This kind of sentience, this kind of heightened um, super intellect, super intuitive. Whatever it is that's beyond my human sense. I understand as a human, I have intuition. I understand as a human, I have intellect. I understand as a human, I have feelings. But there's also that extension of, of my humanity that goes beyond my perception. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my humanity. I mean, I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. And when days like this happen where it's nothing I could ever have dreamed or imagined or asked for. Just happens. And to get in this place right now where I'm coming to you, which I know is probably thing a little woo-woo and maybe not super clear because I'm maybe in a little, little bit of an of a altered state right now, altered mindset. But there's a deeper sense of divinity I'm feeling right now and, and not based on any kind of <clears throat> religion or spiritual teaching. It's that most truest sense of divinity, which is I, I acknowledge, I recognize, I feel like I'm experiencing that there is something more than me in my awareness. There's something more than that rabbit in its awareness. There's something more than these mountains and this landscape. It's the sum total of it all. It's the synergy that comes from the sum of all those things that creates some kind of awareness that just emanates from everything. That's how it feels to me. I feel like everything has an awareness, even these dry mud hills that I'm sitting around. Each contour and the way the shadows hit them and the shapes of them and the way they're stacked up against each other, it's literally like they have character. And within that character, I see sentience. That's how it feels. So being out here feels very sacred in that respect because I feel like I'm walking in a live place, a place that is fully alive. A place that came together to orchestrate the scenario where a human walks up to a dying rabbit and watches it take its last breath. And I don't know what all this, all, what everything got from that, all the different awarenesses and sentiences. I don't know what everything got from that, but now I don't even quite know what I got from it. But I got this right now, what I'm sharing with you, this podcast, this very different podcast. I got something and uh, it's in there, it's in me. And I trust that rabbit got something too. And if I could uh, package this up into an online program and sell to people, I would. But I can't. I can't. You know, we can get people, I can get people out into nature. Um, But I honestly believe that it's these moments where you take yourself out of your life and you put yourself into a wild, open, natural space. And it takes a few days. It takes a few days to really let the modernity of life wash off of us. And to get in touch with 
that deeper, older, ancient part of our humanity. You know, just because we are uh, modern humans doesn't mean that we don't have this ancient body. Our body is, you know, the DNA that's making our body is old. Like hundreds of thousands of years old. The same DNA programming, the same sentience in our DNA that built our ancient human body 300,000, 400,000, a million, two million years ago is the same DNA that built your body today. It knows the whole history of humanity. It knows why it's programming itself and the way it programs itself to make the bodies that we have and to create the brains that we have and to create the minds that uh, just all that stuff we don't understand yet about how our mind works. But that's been something that's been generated and it's part of the plan, whatever that plan is. I don't even want to say plan because that kind of brings in my intellect. But, you know, there's nothing on this planet that's out of place us included, even though we're, uh, you know, last couple hundred years, we've definitely been causing some trouble. But there's no better time than the present to go back and return to that ancient sentience that's been there all along. Something your ancestors had, your oldest ancestors had. Something I think most people had even up until like four or 5,000 years ago. but we're slowly losing it. I'm slowly losing it, I'll say that much. I keep thinking I should just move out to the desert because it's where I feel the most at home, it's where I feel the most connected, it's where, you know, whatever you wanna call divinity or God, the universe, the cosmos, it feels the most present to me. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in this open place and I, there's so much big sky and I'm looking at this sun it's just, it's just, you know, it's a star. It's a star. And looking up into the blue sky, knowing that it's, yeah, we call it blue sky, but really it's outer space. I'm just sitting on the planet underneath outer space, breathing oxygen with this amazing body, watching this little furry creature pass. And to know that out here, its body will be returned to the earth. All its minerals that came from the rocks will go back to the dust and feed something else. It'll go into a different body. Sitting with those kind of thoughts are the ones that put me in the most meditative state, the most aligned state with, with peacefulness, fulfillment, satiates my desire to to achieve and keep doing to feel very very calm about just being so i sat with that rabbit probably close to another 10 minutes the single convulsions got a little further apart Originally it was like 10 or 15 seconds, then it was like 20 seconds, 25 seconds or so. And they were getting very shallow. And I was watching the pupil on this rabbit 
go from being relatively dilated to closing up. And then there was no more convulsions. It's past, I thought, it's past. I, I, was, I witnessed the moment it passed that life left this creature. And then I couldn't tell if it was the slight breeze that was ruffling the hair or if it was actually what was happening, which was it was starting to shake, to shudder. Death shakes, I guess you could call it. And its legs shimmied. Shook, it kind of went from being a little stretched out to pulling itself a little bit into almost a fetal position. And it was just shaking for about 20, 30 seconds. And its paw, you know, its, it's paws are flinching a little bit. And then that was it. Well, if you can hear that helicopter, <laughs> I guess I'm not the only one out here anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take that as my cue that uh, it's time to go for now. I'm gonna walk out of here and um, get back to the rabbit, the one I'm driving anyway. And uh, yeah, I'm driving back to civilization today. Going to go spend another night with friends on the way home, tell stories, get some stories. And I'll be taking this place with me. I'll be taking that story of the rabbit with me. In my heart, in my soul, in my mind. And um, I'm just gonna say thank you. Thank you, rabbit. Thank you for teaching me something that I can't intellectually grasp, but I know I got it. I got it. Friends, I can't urge you enough to, to get outside. Get outside by yourself. I know that can be really hard to motivate yourself to do that. So let me help you make it easy. Go out, you know, make an arrangement with a friend. Good friend, your partner, a buddy, a sister, family member, whoever. And make a, make a hike date, right? Just make a hike date with each other and drive out somewhere together and even hike for a little while together. But at some point on that hike, go take your own space. Go take your own walk. Get some time alone with nature and say hello to it. You know, we have, what we do have is our intellect. We do have a voice. We do have words. We have communication. That's one of the most astounding things about humans is we have creativity, imagination, and the ability to communicate with anything. We can communicate with anything. So take all that amazingness you have, take it to nature, take it back to the source. Go out there and say hello to it. Say thank you. Receive its blessing. You are nature. And I'll just say this until I can't say it anymore, but you are nature. This earth made the body 
that you're walking around in. So bless yourself by blessing nature. Hug a tree, hold a heavy rock, take a little rock back with you and put it somewhere where you can see it every day and keep that connection to nature. Um, the next time you have a meal, really savor those first few bites. Think of all the, uh, the plants and animals that go into our food. Their life, their life force literally gets transferred into our life force. That's amazing. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you, rabbits. Thank you, beautiful nature. Thank you to this incredible, incredible landscape I'm in right now. See you next time. All right, thanks again for tuning in today to First Nature here on the Rising Man podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed what you heard. And uh, if so, um, please let us know. It really helps us to get those ratings, to get those likes. Uh, again, we are trying to reach you. We're trying to reach many men out there, men who are looking for a sincere, authentic place where they can be vulnerable, open their hearts, and find the support and connection with other men that helps us all move forward, that helps the world move forward. And if there's any time in our history where we've needed that the most, uh, and there's been many, this is definitely one of them. So again, head on over to uh, risingman.org. In the meantime, if you did like this uh, podcast, please um, subscribe. Subscribe to it on the podcast of your choice. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, leave us a rating on iTunes. All that helps uh, bump the numbers up, uh, puts it into the stream of other men who may be looking for something like this. And uh, that really helps us out. Major props to the Rising Man Power Team, Mark, Julian, Rowan, Ryan, as always. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting me and making sure this podcast gets out on time and in fabulous quality. You guys rock it. And until next time, find out about who you are inside by getting outside. I'm Sean Barry. See you next time.